Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Justin, what, what tells you that you guys are close to a breakout game? I can feel it. Anything specifically that allows you to feel yes, it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just a feeling. Okay. Just feel it. You know, you just have those feelings. You just feel it. It's coming. A highly confident Justin Fields heading into Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. Hi, everyone. Zach Saveman with you. The top of the hour is brought to you by Duck Duck Go. We're here until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios. And let's find out why Justin Fields is so confident in light of what's transpired the last couple of weeks for the Bears. 85 Bear, Tom Thayer, joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Tom will be broadcasting the game on Sunday on our sister station, WBBM. Coverage begins at 9 o'clock with the pregame show and then a noon kickoff. Jeff and Tom will have the call. Good evening, sir. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Good to talk to you again. Haven't talked to you in a while since the baseball season. I know. It's been way too long. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I heard Justin Fields talking, and I think the mentality that you take into a game is such a big deal. And I was really intrigued when, when I heard him say that this week. And no one spends more time watching tape than you do. So when you heard Justin Fields say that, and then you start looking at the 49ers from a defensive standpoint, knowing what you know about the Bears from an offensive standpoint. Why do you think he feels that way? I don't know. You know, if you believe, you will achieve. You know, and I just want Justin to be the confident quarterback that they drafted him to come in here and be and knew the difficulty of getting an understanding of this offense in the, and an offense in the NFL that you can go out there and perform efficiently against the defenses you're facing. And I think that I'm sure in Justin's mind he can feel himself getting better. 
and then how that transcends and transfers to the field. You know, that's something for all of us to see each and every Sunday. So I'm glad he's confident, and I'm glad that he feels that they are and he is developing uh, according to the plan. Um, but, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, you get a chance to go out and prove it and show it on Sunday. And if you do go out there and show it and prove it on Sunday, you're going to take whatever he said the week before at the podium, and, you know, it's going to be the truth. But if they have, um, you know, if they underperform and they don't live up to the way Justin talks at the podium, then people are going to poke holes in that as well. Statistically, the 49ers have not been able to get after the quarterback, say the way we watched Tampa get after the Bears last week. So is that part of what you think he's seeing? And then when, when you kind of look from a coaching standpoint at what they can do to help fields out against this particular defense, what do you think we're going to see? Well, you know, hopefully I, you know, I guess a marquee level one player is Nick Bosa. And then level two marquee player is Fred Warner. Um, and then you go to the defensive backfield. When you're in control of the snap count, when you can control everything vocally because you're at home, then your offensive line plays at a quicker tit, a quick, a quicker twitch. And then if you go out there and now you're in initiating the movement of a football play, then you should be in control of it. And so I do believe that, you know, you got to go and you have to attack Nick Bosa repeatedly in the running game and make it come really uncomfortable for him. You got to block him with double teams between the tackle and tight end. You have to have some tight end movement where you're coming across the formation and trapping him as the end man on the line of scrimmage. You got to have some receiver movement from the outside in where they crack block him. So all those types of things, if you make it really uncomfortable for Nick Bosa to play the run it makes it more difficult for him to rush the passer and then I think the greatest matchup is the running game and as well as Khalil Herbert's been playing is making sure that you get Fred Warner blocked if you get him blocked and you get some explosive running plays that's going to help you uh, at least make attempts and have some shots downfield to take advantage of the most penalized defensive backfield in the NFL. So, you know, there's different levels that you have to take advantage of, and I do believe that because they're going to be able to hear uh, Justin's snap count, whether he's in shotgun or directly behind center, it gives the Bears' offensive line a chance to initiate contact instead of reacting to contact like they have to do in a hostile environment in the road in Cleveland and in Tampa, where as the Raiders it wasn't that bad because it was so well supported by Chicago fans. So I expect the Bears' offense to have a chance to be more aggressive this week. Visiting with 85 Bear Tom Thayer here on The Score as we talk some Bears 49ers football. Last week we saw the 49ers and Todd Bowles did a terrific, I should say the, the Buccaneers, and Todd Bowles did a terrific job of fooling the quarterback and fooling the Bears' entire protection plan, making things very difficult, giving a lot of different looks. And it's clear that the Bears were not able to handle that. Do the 49ers have the personnel to learn from what Bowles did to fool the Bears that way. I know, obviously, they're playing at home, which is a huge difference, but you figure until you're able to solve that, teams are going to try and do that to you. 
Yeah, but I think it's up to the Bears coaches to make sure that they put people in the right position to take care of the deficiencies that they were exposed to by Todd Bowles. For example, when they had the first blitz from the left-hand side of the Bears offense, Khalil Herbert was lined up to the right-hand side of the quarterback. Now, if you see that and you go, okay, during this protection, our vulnerabilities is from the left-hand side because that's where we have one less body. Then so in practices, you better put the back to the left of Justin Fields knowing that you have enough blockable personnel over to the right-hand side. So it's not necessarily can the San Francisco Giant or the San Francisco 49ers do what the Tampa Bay Bucks did to the Bears. I don't know if they have creativity that the creativity that Todd Bowles brings to an NFL game, and he can change it up whether it's Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl or a young, inexperienced quarterback like Justin. And so I think it's up to the Bears coaches to fortify their protections, understand where their vulnerabilities lie, and make sure that they, you know, don't come, you know, don't become repeatedly blitzed against those types of uh, undermanned situations and, you know, put people in the place um, more efficiently lined up before the snap of the ball. Tom, Khalil Mack's not playing with the foot injury right off the bat. Where is the biggest impact without him on the field against this 49ers offense? The biggest impact is you're going to be able to have double teams consistently against Akeem Hicks. When you put uh, Khalil Mack to the outside shoulder of Akeem Hicks, you're always going to have to slide that protection, and one of those two guys is going to be left with a one-on-one assignment. So now I believe who's ever playing outside of Akeem Hicks, whether it's Travis Gibson or Sam Kamara or whomever, that they're going to have a chance to focus a little bit more attention on Akeem and take your chance of single blocking that outside until they until that outside guy proves you wrong. And Travis Gibson, he's a really improved player throughout training camp in the early parts of the regular season. So when these guys get an opportunity to start, they got to be chomping at the bit, Zach. They got to be probably the most overly excited player in the locker room. Um, it, it, just getting the chance to play and fill in for a guy like Khalil Mack. I'm glad Robert Quinn is back because now I think you'll see a little bit more attention paid to him over there on the left-hand side, along with Blau Nichols, Mario Edwards Jr., Angelo Blackson, Eddie Goldman, the whole cast and crew that get to line up on the defensive line. So maybe you'll, you'll offer a little bit more exposure to Robert Quinn, and maybe you'll you know get a little bit more inside pressure from the guys that um, probably won't be double-teamed with the frequency that Robert Quinn or, or Akeem Hicks will be. Trent Williams is as good as anyone at the left tackle position. If he can't go and Jalen Moore is the guy who's got to be there, how do you take, what changes? How do you take advantage of the fact that there's a significant drop-off? Um, man, you got to try to put personnel in position. Sean Desai has been really creative with the way he 
uses his personnel in multiple fronts. But you may have to take multiple fronts and kind of overload the right side, Zach, so they have to commit blockers in that direction. And you can almost guarantee that outside one-on-one between that offensive tackle and Robert Quinn or whomever is rushing over there. So it is going to be some of the creativity that Sean Desai has already put on display, and it's it's been used pretty efficiently. And if you want to you know, get Robert Quinn those one-on-one opportunities or even slide it the other way and put a majority of the personnel over to the left side so Akeem Hicks is guaranteed a one-on-one. Because, you know, Akeem is the type of guy that if his groin is healthy, he can – you know, single-handedly walk an offensive lineman right back into the lap of the quarterback. And then you have to go out there and test uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's calf to see if it's 100%, to see if he has escapability. Can he, you know, plan his back leg and throw off of it at with accuracy and significant distance? And then if Trey Lance comes in as a rookie, you got to see is his knee a hindrance to his scrambling ability. And it's going to be about providing little extra degrees of pressure. Uh, Roquan Smith is a really good blitzer. Alec Ogletree can do the same along with Danny Trevathan. So they got a nice rotation on the inside where if you want to start um, sicking those interior bodies, those interior linebackers at these quarterbacks to see at what stage of recovery they are after their injuries, you know, that's a little bit of a, a testing ground you can use also. Always love talking football with Tom Thayer here on The Score. Tom will join Jeff Joniak on the call on our sister station WBVM at noon on Sunday against the 49ers. We often hear when people talk about Debo Samuel, he's a matchup nightmare. What does that mean from a football standpoint? you got to figure out how you're going to match up with him. If he lines up in the backfield, are you covering him with a linebacker or are you still going to have a defensive back dedicated to him? If he's lined up in the slot position, are you going to have Jalen Johnson travel with him to that interior slot position or are you going to have who's ever going to be the slot corner in this game, uh, you know, Duke Shelley or who's ever playing it? Um, And then – if he's, you know, traveling from a, you know, in motion from all the way across the formation for a jet sweep or just, you know, predetermined movement before the snap, you know, you just got to figure out if he if he's going to be in the sole possession of Jalen Johnson all over the field, then you know that kind of takes a little bit of wondering away from you, and you know, and you know, I got I don't know how well you know Jalen Johnson how. Secure he is if he's coming out of the backfield or in the slot position. So that's something yet to be seen, and I still I think that's a determination that the Bears defensive back or defensive back coaches have to make, and it's something you'll be able to figure out within the first five or six patterns by uh, Debo, just because of the different spots he lines up. Right, he's technically a wide receiver, but he's more than that. He can play any position and play it well. So you can line him up as tight end. You can line him up as as a a running back. And, you know, usually, at least what we've seen over the course of this early going in the season, Jalen Johnson has been on the best wide receiver the entire game, right? Correct. So that's... But, but, you know, that's the thing about it. So if he is in the backfield, do you consider him a a running back or do you consider him a wide receiver in the backfield? It's, you know, you got to, you know, figure out, you know, what, you know, what certification you have on him 
when he comes from behind center. You know, it, it's funny. Usually we always talk about the quarterback and, and the center having to identify who the middle linebacker is uh, when it right. comes to defense. It's almost the opposite now. You kind of have to identify what is Debo Samuel playing on this particular play. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is if he if he had consistently, every time he was in the backfield, he took handoffs, he played kind of the spot of a running back, then it would be easy for Sean Desai to call a specific defense versus formation. But now if you say, okay, I'm going to put a linebacker on Samuel when he's in the backfield, and all of a sudden they run a wheel route to the outside, and now you have a linebacker in a chasing position, it's disaster. And that you know, those are the things that we've seen uh, Reggie Bush do it ten years ago or twenty fifteen years ago against Erlocker to the modern day, you know, Samuel coming out of the backfield and being covered by a guy like Roquan. You mentioned Jimmy G's calf injury. Is that the reason when you watch the tape, is that the reason he's looked ordinary this season that he's he's had some issues with the passing game? Um I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a lack of multiple personnel from the wide receiver position where you really have to thin out the coverages. Um, George Kittle's been hurt the last couple weeks, and I think that's really the biggest hindrance to his ability to identify matchups that he wants to take advantage of before the ball is ever snapped. And now he's not necessarily just playing with an overly talented group of guys where the running game is still the best asset they have it's they've had a, a huge injuries on at the running back position even though they have a rookie that's provided them some spark they you know Samuel is really their only their biggest threat at the wide receiver position and Kittle's hurt and then the tight ends that are playing in place of Kittle have only combined for seven catches total and that's something that Kittle has in one game and so I do think it's a it's a really a lack of barn burning personnel that he can take advantage of either on the speed end or you know they don't have that big uh, 6'5 Mike Evans that the Bears saw last week and so it's Jimmy G having to be the best player on offense rather than you know being a one of the supporting cast members of a talented offense that's a good way of phrasing it our final few moments here with Tom Thayer I've got a couple of questions that you never had to deal with during your time as a player one you never had a head coach coach you virtually during the week. How do you think that's been going on at, at Hallis Hall? And is it difficult for the players when the coach isn't around to, to do the things he normally does? No, you know, Zach, because as much time as they have invested in this group of guys, in this coaching staff, in this team, within this organization, it's not like a, a group of us in eighth grade sitting in a classroom and then our teacher leaves the classroom and then we all act a fool for a little while and start jacking around. This is something that these guys are prepared for. And whether Matt's not there or not, they are still going about business as usual. Bill Lazor is still understanding and running this offense like every position coach is. Sean Desai is running the defense along with every one of his position coaches. So, yeah, it's unfortunate in health terms that Matt hasn't been able to be there. But having either eyewitness account on a tablet they're carrying around practice or else 
the video that he gets to watch and have direct communication over Zoom. You think if it was fired, you know, back in the Ditka era when he had no access to practice, to meetings, to be involved with the group, and then I, I think maybe you would lose something in translation there. But, no, I think Matt has – access to every player he wants, every coach he wants, in every meeting that he can be a part of. And how big of a deal is it that the Niners are centrally on their time out in California when, when they get to Soldier Field on Sunday morning? I mean, they're playing a really early game yeah. for them. So do, should we read into that? Is that a big deal? Well, you just got to start fast. You know, I think that's got to be one of the preach points of this in, of this game for me I would have signs in the locker room all day that you guys are four point underdogs to a team with a four game losing streak at home I would I that would be a triple insult for me in in so many ways and then if you can go and you know they they took the ball first in Tampa they took the ball first another time this year when they won the uh, the toss so if they take it and they start early and they get a lead and they can jump on San Francisco before before they wake up, you can take control of this game maybe within the first quarter, within the first quarter of a half, and uh, catch them off guard. It's going to be a beautiful day, 0% chance of rain, a high in the mid 50s. So I don't think the weather will really affect anybody. It's just that it's a 10 a.m. body clock to those guys when they're when they're kicking off, and then they don't practice until the middle of the afternoon when they're in California. So it is going to be a big difference in time when you talk about a noon kickoff in the Midwest. Tom, you had me at the weather, especially after the nonstop rain that we've had over the last two days. Thank you so much. We'll be listening on Sunday. The WBBM pregame show begins at 9, and then Jeff and Tom have the call at noon. Bears 49ers at Soldier Field. You're the best, Tom. Tom Thayer spending some time with us talking football. Let's take a break. When we come back, your phone calls. I know a lot of you want to talk Bears at 312-644-6767. A little bit later on this hour, we'll visit with Stacey Dales from NFL Network. But here's what I want to know. Do you think Justin Fields is benefiting from playing the way he has this season? We often hear a young quarterback needs to take his lumps. Is that beneficial? based on what you've seen with your eyes this year. 312-644-6767. Zach Sabin with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Do what we've been doing, I guess. Uh... Just play better. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Practice hard, study the playbook hard, study, uh, look at film hard, and just, you know, just execute better. That's it. Um, I think we're very close to, you know, having a breakout game, and 
all we need to do is put the little plays together, put all, all of our you know positive plays together and come up with uh, multiple two scoring drives. So like I said, we're close and we just got to put uh, those plays together, whether it's, you know, just cutting those negative plays out and just, you know, keeping the drive going. Justin Fields being realistic heading into Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. Look, they're not facing a team that's been red hot like Green Bay. They're not facing a team that arguably is the best in the conference as Tampa Bay looks. San Francisco's a very different team. San Francisco's 2-4, and four and the 49ers are banged up. I know the Bears are too. I think the thing that's been so frustrating when you watch the Bears... You know, and, and you hear so much talk, especially nationally, blame this, blame that, blame this, blame that. Just don't look disjointed on offense. I think that's the most frustrating thing. You know, we can pinpoint and, and I just don't understand why it seems as though everyone's operating on a different page when it comes to the Bears' offense. The fact that it's looked this way every season since that big 2018 year. And even then, it was kind of up and down. It's just the difference that year was the Bears' defense was phenomenal that year, taking the ball away. It looked like a Lovey Smith defense, right? Vic Fangio was the coordinator that year. Bears took the ball away. Khalil Mack was healthy nearly the entire year, and he was a difference maker and a game wrecker, and the guys around him were able to take advantage of it on a consistent basis. The Bears haven't looked that way defensively in the last three years, I'm including this year. They haven't gotten the takeaways to give the offense extra opportunities. And I think back in 2018, you know, Matt Nagy was able to surprise some people because he, he kind of didn't know what to expect from the Bears. Now people know what to expect. And it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, 312-644-6767. We'll take a full look at the entire NFC with Stacey Dales of NFL Network. Oh, about 10 minutes from now here on The Score. But... The thing that, that drives me crazy when I watch the Bears is that it doesn't seem as though you are adjusting to the personnel that you have. And the Bears are limited. They're limited from an offensive line standpoint. They're limited in terms of their receivers being able to create separation. You know, the tight ends are not as good as people thought. You know, Cole Komet, is he's a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a a game changer at the position the way a Kelsey is or a Kittle or a Gronk. That's not who he is. And I think we have the visual image of Justin Fields dominating at Ohio State, but that was Ohio State. He hasn't looked like that guy with the Bears. Some of the reasons why are because it doesn't appear as though they're playing to his strengths. The Bears lack a lot offensively. 
It doesn't mean that he can't become good. The thing that worries me, though, is, I said it earlier to start the show, you think back to the very best quarterbacks in the game today, the guys that are playing right now, I don't care what order you have them ranked in, but the guys that you think are the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. And nearly all of them, when they got their opportunity to play, played well immediately and have been consistently good players. And for some guys, it took them three years to get on the field, like Aaron Rodgers. And each situation is different. You know, you can afford to wait when you have a guy like Brett Favre in front of you, just like there's no rush to put Jordan Love on the field because Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. You know, for Tom Brady, it took a year plus. He got his opportunity because of an injury, and he looked like he was ready. For Russell Wilson, it was a training camp. Boom, he was ready. For Ben Roethlisberger, it was a training camp. Boom, he was ready. And he wasn't the Big Ben that was in complete control of the offense. You know, his first season, the Steelers won the championship. I should say second season. They won the championship, but they did so with him being a part where you were winning with him as opposed to winning because of him. The Bears traded up to draft Justin Fields because they believe he's a quarterback that ultimately you're going to win because of. But it's very rare that in year one, you're going to be a quarterback that you win because of. Almost always in year one, you have to be a quarterback that you win with. Russell Wilson was a guy that was different. And the only guy that I can think of that didn't immediately take advantage of his opportunity and show you the skills was Josh Allen. And very rarely do you see a guy who struggles mightily when he initially gets an opportunity and fix it as dramatically as Josh Allen has fixed his game and become one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the game today. You know, I look at Joe Burrow. Almost immediately you knew, man, there's something there. And like the Bears, you know, last year he didn't have a great offensive line. But he got healthy. And he is a player you have to reckon with now. Justin Herbert didn't know that he was going to have an opportunity to play last year. It was a freak deal with Tyrod Taylor. And Herbert got his opportunity and ran with it. Deshaun Watson immediately ran with his opportunity. Patrick Mahomes, it took him a year to get on the field, but when he did, he looked ready. And that's what's so puzzling about Justin Fields and the way the Bears have handled this situation. Because let's be honest, you may think Justin Fields can be a great player, but I think everyone would agree he's not ready right now. And isn't this why the Bears signed Andy Dalton to prevent Justin Fields from having to go through what he went through against Cleveland, against Green Bay, last week against Tampa Bay. It's to give Fields time 
to learn how to read defenses and not look lost from that aspect of the game. It's, it's not a crime. It's not something he had to do at Ohio State. But the goal was not to rush him out there the way it appears the Bears have this season. I mean, did they not learn anything from the Mitchell Trubisky experience? Mike Glennon was a horrendous starting quarterback. So I get it, the Bears had no choice. Andy Dalton is not Mike Glennon. And it seems as though this offense was designed for a guy like Dalton to help you out. And again, I maintain that if you throw a guy out there, every Sunday in the NFL is like taking a test. Well, what good is taking a test if you don't have an opportunity to study? If, if you're taking an SAT or an ACT, right? It doesn't matter how many times you take the test. If you haven't studied for it, you're not going to have success. And that, to me, is what's so head-scratching about the way the Bears have handled the Fields thing this year, is we were told there was a plan. And we were told that there was collaboration. And yet the decision to put him out there, it, it doesn't jive with what we were told. It doesn't jive with what they did during the offseason. And again, I'm not saying that Fields can't become the kind of quarterback you thought when the Bears drafted him. But boy, they're not doing him any favors this year. And to me, there's a difference between taking your lumps and being given the opportunity to grow the right way as a quarterback in the NFL. And I don't believe Justin Fields is being I don't believe that getting hammered the way he was last week against Tampa Bay, the way he was against Cleveland, and scaling everything back and forcing him to kind of fit into what they're trying to do, whatever that is, I, I can't tell. I don't see how that's making him better. And I hope with 10 games to go and the Bears in the hunt, if you will. I mean, they're in the hunt. As crazy as it sounds, three and four, but with 10 games to go, the, the team that currently holds the final playoff spot in the NFC is Minnesota with a three and three record. Then the eighth place team is Atlanta with a three and three record. And the Bears are number nine right now at three and four, facing a two and four team come Sunday against San Francisco. You would think... There's an opportunity here. It's not like you're going to have a first-round pick next year to add a guy like Jamar Chase the way the Bengals did for Joe Burrow. So to me, the most important goal should be making the playoffs. I hear this. you got to develop Justin Fields. What you're seeing the last few weeks, I don't believe that's the proper way to develop a quarterback. 312-644-6767. We'll talk football with NFL Network Stacy Dales next on the score. Hey Matt, I hope you're feeling well. Um, can you can you give us uh, any update on how things are going for you and whether you've gotten that first negative t- test that you need yet? Yeah, I don't have any updates yet in regards to all that. I'm, I think the biggest thing, Jason, is is for me is just to be able to uh, to to listen to uh, our head trainers in the league and just them letting me know, um, you know whether I'm on or off of the, uh, the, the COVID protocol list and, and the COVID list. And as of right now, I'm on it. 
you know, so, so I appreciate you asking. You go to bed on Saturday night. Will you know whether you're coaching Sunday? I'll know on Sunday morning when Dre tells me you're, you're on or off the list. So there's another mystery. The head coach is a game time decision for Sunday's Bears game against San Francisco. Zach Saban with you until nine o'clock. The bottom of the hour was brought to you by Duck, Duck, Go. And we're spending a lot of time talking Bears football and talking football in general here on the score because, listen, the Bears are not out of it. As ugly as things have been through the first four games of the season, especially the last two weeks, and the Bears are three and four, they're putting up historically bad offensive numbers. If you go to the standings, at any sports website that you use, you will see seven teams make the playoffs in the NFL. The number seven team as we speak is the Minnesota Vikings at three and three. The number eight team is Atlanta at three and three. And right after that, the Bears at three and four. So you're taking on a two and four team Sunday at Soldier Field. You've got 10 more games to go. I think everyone would agree that the Bears' offense can be a little bit better, just a little bit better than what we've seen. So there's an opportunity here, but you can't keep playing looking as disjointed as the Bears have looked offensively this season. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL and zoom out and take more of a national perspective with NFL Network Stacy Dales. And it is always a pleasure to talk football with Stacy here on the score. Stacy joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You know, Stacy, I laugh because heading into every season, we always hear that the Bears are just a quarterback away, right? Yeah, if that quarterback is like the guy we saw yesterday in Arizona wearing Green Bay gold and green, and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, unless you have someone that special, you're not just a quarterback away. Yeah, I mean, I think that's obvious. By the way, Zach, there's nothing I would rather be doing on a Friday night than hanging with you to talk some football, right? How lucky am I? (laughs) You know, I love you for the, for the, for the listeners out there. I, you know, you're the best. And so it's great to be with you. Yeah, you got to have a quarterback. I mean, listen, I, I, you know me very well, Zach. I, there's two quarterbacks I don't pick against, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And when they played in the NFC Championship last year in Green Bay, in Green Bay at Lambeau Field, I still wouldn't pick against Tom Brady, okay? Even though it was Aaron Rodgers, whom I never pick against, they're two just stunningly brilliant minds. What they do is just simply spectacular. Throw out all the hyperbolic words you want. Um, they're uniquely who they are. It's just really hard in this league to, to, to be a rookie quarterback, right? The defenses are too good. They diagnose, you know, what you do, and they come after you with lots of pressure. And it just, it's, it's been a rough stretch for the Bears. The schedule is and has been one of the worst top five strength of schedule in uh, the National Football League, as you know, Zach. I mean, you've got to go from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. And, you know, when you're, when you're in terms of the Bears defensively, and now when you look at the quarterback in Justin Fields, he's also had to face those defenses. And now it's going to be Nick Bosa and the Niners on Sunday. So it just hasn't been easy. He's been sacked 22 times. And what's really unique 
about about the Bears. Um, they they know they're not trying to cover anything up here with this passing offense. It's it's been really tough to see. 871 passing yards, Zach, the fewest by any team through seven games since 2006. That was the Raiders. It also happens to be the fewest in franchise history since 1979 through seven games, 871 pass yards. They've ran it well. Um, And I'll finish with this. You know, I talked to Nick Bosa yesterday, and I said, is it weird to play a team who is sixth in rushing offense and 32nd in passing? And he said, yeah, it is a little weird. (laughs) I don't know what the puzzle is that they have to figure out, but certainly uh, they've got to have every facet come together. What's the plan? And, And when I ask that question, here's what I mean. It seemed as though the Bears had learned from some of the issues that they had with Mitchell Trubisky. So back when they drafted Trubisky, they had signed Mike Glennon, and the goal was to have Glennon play until the young quarterback was ready. Glennon foiled the plan because, quite frankly, he was terrible as a starting quarterback, so you understand why they had to rush and put Trubisky on the field. Mm -hmm. This year, though, They signed a veteran quarterback who is very capable, a guy who can run this offense, a guy who has led teams to the playoffs multiple times. He's seen everything you can see. This isn't a guy that was a a career backup getting an opportunity and hoping to take advantage of it. I mean, Andy Dalton can play the game. Mm -hmm. Why did they rush fields? Because it seems to me like that's what happened. They talked about collaboration all throughout the offseason. And I I think anyone who watches Justin Fields would say, yeah, there's talent there. You see it in flashes. But clearly Mm -hmm. he's not ready to be the kind of quarterback that can handle what defenses are throwing at him. Yeah, and to that point, Bosa told me, I said, what do you see on on tape with Fields, right? Bosa's one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. I mean, he was a defensive rookie of the year in his first season with the Niners. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very simple. I mean, holds the ball, has held the ball too long, therefore has missed the check down. And I, I, you know, I think when you talk about or you listen to analysts talk about throwing receivers open versus throwing to the receiver, in the NFL there's too little time to make that happen. You've got to get it out and throw, throw the receiver open, right? You've got to get to a spot because by the time the receiver is there, he's covered. He's covered maybe not by one player, but two players. So it's been sort of a delayed offense. And, yeah, so you, you I, I talked about this a couple of days ago on the radio. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't if you're Matt Nagy and the Bears, in a sense. You're damned if you do, meaning you're damned if you play Andy Dalton because no, the, the, the fan base didn't want him. And then you're damned if you don't because Justin Fields wasn't ready for the game mentally. And I just think it came down to, Zach, to answer the question, I just think it came down to, you know, forcing the hand of this offensive staff to play the 11th overall pick, frankly. I think it's that simple. Um, And when the injury occurred, sadly, unfortunately, never want to see guys get hurt, no matter what circumstances sort of prevail afterwards. Um, When the injury happened to Andy, you know, you you can't go back and forth. So I think Nagy had to make a decision, and then I think that they, you know, threw the kid into the fire, and, you know, it, it, it has been a fire every week. 
Talking football with NFL Network, Stacey Dales here on The Score. You're unique from a reporting standpoint because most people that are reporting haven't played professional sports of any kind at a high level. You have as a former WNBA player. So we hear, well, you can't have the quarterback in a bubble. I mean, this is the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, he has to go out there. You, you can't protect him for, forever from, from bad things happening. But to me, and the analogy that I've made is, if someone puts a test in front of me and says, pass it without giving me the ability to study for the test, no matter how many times you throw the test in front of me, it's going to be tough to pass that test unless I've had an opportunity to study. And I Mm -hmm. feel like Fields has not had that opportunity through no fault of his own. You know, it's not something he had to do at Ohio State psychologically, does that impact you? Yeah, it's a fascinating metaphor, Zach. I mean, really, truly, I just think it, I dumb it down to a driver's test, right? If you don't study the driver's manual, you don't know the little intricacies they're going to challenge you with on that driver's test, right? So then you can't go get the the keys and, and, you know, get behind the wheel until you Mm -hmm. pass that test. It's it's an interesting analogy. I, I think it's, you know, I think it probably can apply to some of these rookie quarterbacks um, when you when you put it that way. Um, here's here's what I I look at the NBA or the WNBA, but more so the NBA because you see these these young men that are truly young men, just if not just late year adolescents, like that, that don't even go to college. They jump from high school into the NBA because they're that good. I mean, the, the late great. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, I mean, it could go on and on. And you see what the team does. The team instantly, and this is basketball, right? So it's a totally different sport. But you have this phenomenon, and what do you do? You, you completely design your offense around them, no matter who it is. And they're all different. Every player will be different for the, the you know, for the uh, infinitely, like it, it, there's no two players ever the same. And I sometimes even struggle with player comparisons on in each sport because nobody's the same as the next guy. Devonte Adams is completely different than DeAndre Hopkins is completely different than Cooper cup. Right. Mm-hmm. My point being, but when I think about when you get somebody as talented as a Justin field, like I would just say to him, and I'm not in these meetings. I have tremendous respect for coaches and, and certainly the Bears staff. I, I'm not in their meetings. I've never played football, and I've never coached. I've never been a GM, Zach. But I, I just, like, I try to look at things that sometimes seem so hard and say, well, how could you make this so simple? I would just say, dude, what are your five favorite plays? And then let's just dance around those and, and let you rip. Because whatever's happening right now isn't working for him. For him. And he is the, that's the starting point. That's the launching point for your offense. So I, I don't know if that's happening. I do know that Coach Nagy mentioned this week, you know, maybe they've been focusing on it so much that it's been too much, and now they're in the wrong mental space with it, and they still think they can get back to the offense that they believe it can be which tells me maybe they're still trying to execute the same offense. And I just think he's such a different quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, than was Glennon, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, they're all different. That's my point. And I think Mm -hmm. they all need a little bit different 
um, system around them to be successful. And we'll certainly see if the offensive line is better this Sunday. But I can assure you, um, this Niners defense, maybe maybe they're, they've lost four in a row, but Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa off the edges are no joke. And, uh, you know, Nick, Nick told me again yesterday, what a great conversation. They have been frustrated with the – you know, inability to get pass rushing opportunities this year. They just haven't, and because they've been behind in games, so you can't unleash them all the time because you're, you're, you know, playing from behind. You have to be a little bit more conservative. They, he told me they, they believe this can be an opportunistic game for them. So I'm really anxious to see how Fields comes out on Sunday. He did tell us this week he's ready for a breakout game. I love that confidence. And I think that stuff is good for the team to hear as well, but, you know, both teams are certainly hungry. There's no doubt about that. You know, what's funny to me is Fields didn't give a reason as to why he's feeling confident. And maybe he's just trying to speak it into existence. But at least from what we've seen, the last few games, there's nothing to make you believe that a turnaround is on the horizon. So I, I was surprised he said that. Were you? A little, but... Not really, just because he's so he's so internally confident. Um, I truly think that he he knows that he's nowhere close to where he should be or could be. And when you're a great player, I think you want, you always understand that that there's there's going to be a breakthrough moment. So I I do, and I, maybe there is a part of it he's speaking into existence. But um, you know, he's got to get the ball out quick. They've got to protect them. The receivers have to be on time. I mean, the windows he's been throwing in and the, you know, the separation the receivers have not gotten has been a, a challenge. It's like each piece to the passing offense just hasn't come together. While you have a run game, Zach, that has actually been pretty impressive. I mean, the sixth best, you know, rushing offense in the NFL and, you know, the Bears actually have four players with 125 rush yards and one rushing touchdown, which is the most in the NFL. Khalil Herbert's been awesome. He's had 272 rush yards and a rushing touchdown, um, you know, in terms of week five, since week five, basically. So, uh, excuse me. So, it's not like they're not getting the production there, but, uh, you know, to not see the, the run game marry the pass game, is, is really interesting. And I don't even know, you know, listen to Bill Lazor. You know, he literally said yesterday, Zach, I would love to talk about bright spots, but I would sound ridiculous if I did because we're the 32nd ranked team in the NFL offensively. Yeah, you got to put points on the board. Yeah, he said it publicly. Like, it's not like we're coming on the radio and I, I never, you know, I'm a very unbiased. I don't root for teams. I just do my job, keep my head down. And I, I as a former athlete, Zach, I, I feel the struggle. Like when teams lose, it can be contagious. When teams win, it's contagious, right? The Packers are seven and one. They're finding ways to win. It's like a contagion. It's the identity of their team, Mercedes Lewis said a couple weeks ago, is we just win. And, you know, but to hear – you know, the offensive coordinators say it would be he would sound ridiculous if he said there were bright spots in the passing offense, I think is pretty telling. Um, and, and I'm an optimist. You know, I, I would love to see the Bears have success. I would love to see Justin Fields have success, just like I would any player. 
Um, what's kind of interesting as storyline for listeners is, you know, this 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 Niners defense, um, they're they're putting up some pass interference, defensive pass interference penalties. It, it, it that that they you know just in terms of them as a team, they're tied for the second most DPI penalties through seven games since 2000. That's a lot. That's a what does that tell you? It's real simple. Like Justin Fields has been taking shots down the field, and if this Niners secondary isn't disciplined, you could see the the chains move on these types of play ty, types of penalties, and and we'll see if Kyle Shanahan and their group cleaned it up this week. Great stuff, Stacy. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Always, Zach. Stay- have a great one. Thank you, Stacey Dales from NFL Network, talking Bears football with us. I want to thank my executive producer, Brandon Money Fryer, for helping us blast through the speakers of your radio. Thank you so much for listening. Zach Zaidman saying so long. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.